Hi guys, welcome back to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. Today I have a special guest. Her name is Sarah. She is down in Florida. She is gardening and mamaing, and we met via social media on Instagram. And then we worked together through my mentorship program and became really fast friends. So I just wanted to have her on to share a conversation with you guys all about gardening and all of the things. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on with you. This is so cool. I found you, I was thinking about this earlier, that I found you on social media like six years ago. Like it has been a very long time that I've been following your journey. I remember messaging you like six years ago being like, I work at like a cannabis facility. It's so cool. You guys are like taking pictures at one. And it was just like a one-off conversation at the time. And then it was so funny that like I like your page just started coming up more and more on my like profile and stuff again. And then you posted that mentorship and I was like, I have to do this. This girl's been in my life somehow for like six years and I just got to go for it. And it was such a cool experience. So it's great to be here doing a podcast with you now. Oh my God, dude. I had no clue. I had no clue. Wasn't that wild? Six years. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you were in Bentley or you were second shooting for Bentley, I think, at a facility. And I saw that and I just thought it was so cool. I was like, I work at one. That's so sick. <laughs> oh my God, that is wild. Also, I should mention, I should have said this in your intro, but you just started a podcast as well. I did. Yes, the Trellis Podcast. Um, it's very fun. I'm enjoying it. I just had my first guest on. Um, I was thinking about how funny it is that how many of my school teachers wrote like talks incessantly on like every report card. <laughs> I ever got. I got in trouble all the time for that. I just wouldn't shut up during school. And now I'm like, this makes sense that podcasting is like very fun for me because I just, just down to chat, man. (laughs) Dude, same. I feel like that was always the feedback. And then also when I went to college, my first semester, the one class I was like not doing well at was communications and speech it was like a speech class where you had to go up and give a speech and the feedback was always that I talked way too freaking fast oh my god they're like we don't know what you're saying I'm so sorry yeah (laughs) I have to actively like try to slow down when I do this and just you know try my best but I have to pause I like have to pause when I'm doing the ones by myself I talk so fast I get winded I just stop it like catch my breath it's really it's a good time though I love doing it it's a lot of fun we, I guess it's mostly, it is a gardening podcast at the end of the day, but what I enjoy most about it is like talking about the stories of how people get into gardening and why. Like I was super lucky that I grew up just gardening and like landscaping. I didn't really know anything different. So to be doing it now just feels very natural to me. But I think a lot of people, especially with the pandemic, got into gardening or like found themselves with like 100 houseplants, which is equally as awesome. Um, And now they're like coming into gardening and it's just all in so many different ways. There's so many paths to like get into gardening, what type you want to do. Like you have a dye garden. I happen to have things in my garden that you can dye with, but like that's not my focus. So it's really cool hearing people's stories of why they get into it how they got into it, what their focus is, like, that's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm super stoked to have more guests on too. Let's dive into that though. So you grew up gardening. It's always mm-hmm. been in your life. Where were you at? So I literally from like day, my dad was a landscaper. So like, that's all I ever knew my dad doing. It felt very normal to me that my parents, like, my family spent so much time out in the yard as a kid and just like gardening and planting things and like, 
moving shrubs from one place to another. Like I thought that was just super normal stuff. And like before kindergarten, I would go like landscaping with my dad. Like I was in afternoon kindergarten, so I needed to burn some time before I went to school. And I was just out gardening and I was out landscaping and just like that felt very normal and natural to me. And I was really lucky to do that because when you're a kid, especially I have a daughter now and watching the things that she's she picks up stuff like it's like it's nothing, you know, and the same went for me that I just like I know how to cut a lawn as silly as that sounds like I know the proper steps that you take to like cut your lawn properly or how to dig a bed or like all of those things just seem really ingrained to me. And I'm so lucky because I know a lot of people get into it now and they're like, where do you even begin? And to me, it just feels second nature. So yeah, just as a little kid, just out out doing my thing, gardening. (laughs) Yeah, it was not second nature for me at all. First off, growing plants indoor is a totally different experience. And I, quote unquote, always said I had that black thumb that I would kill (laughs) everything. And honestly, like, I think it's harder to grow plants indoors now that I am doing stuff outside. Like I think plants are meant to be in the ground, but I had no clue what I was doing. Like the first bed that I made and dug it, I'm lucky here on our property. We have Robert, this uh, older man who's been gardening his entire life. He's in his sixties. And I ask him the dumbest questions, which I'll probably ask you some of the dumbest questions. But when he helped me build my little bed, I remember he was like, okay, uh, now you can like, you know, put the gopher wire down and just do it. I'm like, well, what do I, do I dig it up first? He's like, well, yeah, you have to put the gopher wire down. I'm like, wait, I have to like, what? Dig all this up? Anyways, I did it. And I don't think I put enough dirt. Like, I don't think I went deep enough and put enough Mm -hmm. dirt. And then I put, uh, carrot seeds in there. So it's going to be interesting how tiny my little (laughs) carrots are going to be once they hit the gopher wire. Oh my God. But yeah, I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah, but I think that like what I always encourage people with – so like I love gardening Instagram. It's like such a great place. People are doing so many crazy things. But I think you can get really lost in the sauce if you're a new gardener with just like the amount of information because everybody's talking about something different. They're growing in a different place, like whatever. So when you're a new gardener, I think like my biggest thing is like you have to kind of like shut your brain up and just be like, what am I – like go on intuition. Like whatever your body is like calling you to do or like – your hands are calling you to do just like go do it and like even if it's the wrong thing and you just like screw up a bunch of plants like seeing them be messed up is still a learning experience like growing the perfect plant is not necessarily it's the whole like it's the journey not the destination but like that's really what gardening is like you can do quote unquote wrong things and find out that it's actually something really awesome in the garden um So when you're new, I don't know, it's not about growing the biggest flowers or like the best thing or whatever the first time around. It really is just like you got to go out there. You got to get a little bit dirty and you got to just, I don't know, see what happens. Even if you didn't put the gopher wire down, like now, you know, next time how to do it the right way. (laughs) See, (laughs) I got my plants eaten. so (laughs) One step better. But this year, you're right. Every mistake is learning. So like this Mm -hmm. year. I you saying you're saying go by intuition I was like I want to plant these strawberries I don't want them in a pot I want them in the ground and Robert told me what to do and I was like no no I I just feel like they're meant to be right here so I put them in this bed so dumb all the flowers are growing up so tall over them that they're not getting any sunlight anymore Mm -hmm. I'm like do I dig them up I haven't asked him yet because I don't want to admit I'm 
I'm wrong. <laughs> he was right. Should I dig them up and put them in a pot or move them? Or is it too you late? You totally can. Like, uh, I think strawberries are really great, especially as like a beginner plant for me, because they do well in kind of a lot of like a lot of different situations and they dig up really well. They're like, they're not going to be too upset by it. Like you could easily dig a nice circle around them and just pick them up and pop them somewhere else. Okay. I think I'm going to have to because they're yeah. they're not getting much sun. And my problem is even in life, there's so many metaphors that stretch mm. from gardening to life. I'm yes. learning that so much. So um, much. I'm really bad at visualizing. Like when we moved into this house, even Bentley was like, oh, we'll put this here, here and here. And I'm like, I can't even, I don't even know what's going to fit. I can't visualize. So planting a garden and like planting it from seed, it's so hard to know. Like, yeah, you can read the packet. This plant's 15 inches tall or whatever. That doesn't compute for me. And so now seeing them growing, I'm like, holy cow, this is like insane how big the plants are. I should have planned this differently with the angle of the sun. Like there's so much that goes into that, but you're right. It's learning. It really, because like, my friend Gwilym said it and he he said it really it was really sweet and he was like you know you own, every year is like it's a whole nother year you get to garden there's a whole nother season that you get to garden so whatever you did this season is like amazing but like there's always another season to garden and that's so free like it's so cool that you can go like okay so you learn that this year this year you're gonna see how tall all those flowers grow and then next year you're gonna be like well now I do know that because I've seen it I put the seed in the ground. I watched how tall it got. I saw what happened. Next year, your brain's going to just like know that. And I don't know. You have to kind of go with it like that. And I think too, people kind of, I don't know what it is with, maybe it's not just gardening, but I think people assume that they are going to like crush it sometimes their first year. They're like, this should be pretty simple. But it's like with any skill, like you do have to try and like probably fail. And it stinks when it's gardening because you put like a lot of effort into it. And then sometimes it doesn't work. But you do have to just like start at the beginning. Like you have to be a beginner gardener for a while. Like I still consider myself like a really beginner gardener. Like I don't think I'm an expert by any means, but I don't know. You got to just, you got to just mess up a bunch of plants. It's all good. (laughs) So you were saying for someone starting out, use their intuition. Another thing that uh, like when I was first starting out, I was seeing videos of like, well, know what zone you're in. Like, that's so important. Know your zone. Is it because I will tell you right now before this podcast, I Googled to find out my zone so we could talk about this. And three websites gave me three different zones based off my zip code. But you have to understand in the mountains here, there's so much difference in elevation. Like, how Mm -hmm. do you know for sure your zone or does that matter? I think it matters to like if I'm being honest, I focus on zones when I'm looking at like native plants. That's the only time I honestly focus on my zone is when I'm like making sure I'm planting something that is like supposed to be here. So that's for me is more like that's almost more like ecology. Like I guess like your zone helps you in that situation. But I think you can't even say my yard to my neighbor's yard is going to be two different things. Like there's not you can't even say what grows in my yard is going to grow great in their yard. I could have a tree here and you don't have a tree here and now our conditions are completely different. So like, yes, your zone matters for knowing when your like start dates are and like things like that. But you could also like go outside and like, is it still cold out? Don't put things outside. (laughs) Like it really, it ties so much more for me back to like actually getting outside 
and being involved in like the nature that is around you. Like you can Google everything to death, but at the end of the day, like you have to go outside and see what is going on. Like that's humans didn't used to have Google. Humans just had to like be aware of their surroundings and know how to like watch their area and be like, okay, like I, one cool thing I found this year that I was like really psyched about was on exactly Easter day, which you can maybe remind me of like the moon cycle or like whatever was going on, whatever Easter equals and like the solstices and stuff. On exactly that day, so many plants in my yard bloomed. The tree put out leaves on exactly Easter day. Like that is what you have to pay attention to and like take notes and look at that next year and be like on Easter, this happens on this full moon. This happens on this new moon. This happened in my yard. And I bet you that's going to line up better than anything you could ever find on the internet. It's like, yes, your zone can be helpful. But for me and the kind of gardener I am is like, go outside, look around, like become a piece of the nature that you're like trying to garden from. You can't, you can't learn your garden on the internet. It doesn't exist. So is that, that's a really long answer to zones. No, <laughs> that's, that's a great answer. And it is wild because this Easter was when all of the wisteria bloomed here. But Sweet. every year is so different unless this year is just crazy. But here in Northern California, we're having such a late start to summer, mm -hmm. which is nuts. And we had such a long winter that when I thought I'd be putting plants in the ground, it didn't happen. And then now, even with summer being later, like we're putting uh, Bentley's growing cannabis plants for the first time. So he's also on his garden journey. Before we started, I'm like, maybe you should join the podcast. Um, <laughs> should have gotten eight on here too. <laughs> yeah. So he, we are slow putting those out, but it's just like everything is pushed back later. But you're right. It's all about going out and knowing what's actually happening. And I actually saw a video this morning on Instagram, a reel of someone being like, before the internet, this is how we got ready for school. And it was a guy like going outside and sticking his arm out. And like, I don't know if you ever did that, but growing yeah. up in Kansas, like I like, yeah. legitimately would go outside in the morning and be like, what should I wear? Yeah. Like, you could look at the weather channel, but like you just go outside and feel yeah, it. Feel and sometimes it. you'd yeah. be dead wrong and you would dress total. It always happened. I would wear too many clothes or mm -hmm. not enough, but you're right. It's just about like being in the environment. I think that's why Robert is such a good gardener here because he's been doing it here for like, I don't know, 40 years or something like, like He knows where like the sun peaks over the trees at exactly what time. And like, yeah, it just is about getting to know your exactly your plot of land, which I know is really tough. But like, yeah, you just have to be a part of it. You have to get out there and just like I mean, I can't tell you how much time I spent when we first moved in here, literally just sitting outside and being like, huh, so the sun comes over those trees and then, all right, and then this tree is over here. So it goes behind it at about this time. And then like four months later, the earth shifts a little bit and it's different again. <laughs> so yeah. it really is. It's just like those morning walks like through your garden can be the probably the most beneficial thing that you can do is like just kind of walk around and stare at stuff that's like the beauty of it though like that's where people find the mental health benefits too is like just spending time out there and looking around and tuning yourself back into like those rhythms of what's going on outside it helps out like it really helps open up your world too like things become so much bigger outside of yourself when you're tuning into like 
it's not just like you in your house, like in your room or like whatever you're doing, you step outside your house and you really just become like part of something much bigger for yourself too. So I think that's like the best part of gardening. It's just like, oh, I'm, I'm part of like way more stuff going on than just like what's in my house or in my phone, like whatever it is. It's really cool to do that. That is something I'm experiencing right now. And something else that I'm realizing too, I obviously do the new moon circles where we do a lot of quote unquote manifesting Mm -hmm. and planting intentions, planting seeds. So when I'm actually learning to plant seeds, I'm realizing like how time is, I mean, people say time is an illusion, but if you take away our perception of time, think how freaking magical it is that you can put this little seed into the earth and then time passes and all of a sudden it grows. And if we, I was trying to explain this to Bentley and he was, I was not doing a good job. He had no clue what I meant. But like, (laughs) if we had a different perception of time, we would understand how magical things really are but planting a garden. And when you go out there every day and you're seeing it before your eyes, like he is with these canvas plants, he's like, oh my God, there's three more leaves. Oh my God, there's six more leaves. Like it's so exciting. And if you see a time lapse, obviously, but how cool is that? Dude, like, it's, the, it, it's so cool that that's such a good point is that like our time would be, we would see it so much differently. Cause like you do, you have like, I planted zinnia seeds the other day, which are literally like they could blow away in the wind like most seeds they're just so tiny there's these little tiny pieces like they look like pieces of paper and you stick these in the ground and they have somehow all of the i call it intelligence i know it's like not quote intelligence whatever but they have all of the know-how to become an entire plant that knows how to put out the right type of pollen to attract the right pollinators to make them pollinate themselves to make more seeds to reseed like that is just it's insane to know that they're so full of knowledge and like their timeline is just like it's each day is different the sun shines differently the heat comes differently and like they develop as they develop and there's no pressure like they're gonna get to being a flower at some point and it is that's a that's a really good point it's just how beautiful the uh, plants man (laughs) It is. It's so cool. It's so magical. And like you said, when I planted my cosmos for the first time, which that's my favorite flower, it is just like a little, the tiniest, like thinnest seed. And then I saw someone the other day saying how if you were to cut open a seed, it's usually empty on the inside even. Like where is this magic at? Like, if you look at a cosmos seed, you're like, this is just a speck. It looks like a, just a teeny tiny piece of dirt. Like, how does it know? It's incredible. It is so wild. I think everybody has to like garden at some point. Not they have to, but I highly recommend people garden at some point because you do see stuff like that, like the different types of seeds and like how, why it grows exactly that way to become a plant. Like it makes, not that it makes no sense, but you're like, this is so wild. And so outside yourself, it's something that you're like, you have to sit there and stare at it to understand it at all. And it's just ugh, the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I don't know, it's man. So cool. I just, I love it so much. It's so, I'm so lucky that I get to just like, gardening is like not even really my job. You know what I mean? Like, that's just something that I like love to do. I happen to like put stuff on Instagram and like, podcasting because I just I don't know like I said I like to talk (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's fun in that way. But like, yeah, man, I mean, everything we do comes from like plants at the end of the day in some way. So it's super cool to like learn it and become part of it and to be able to like, I don't know, driving down the road is fun, but you ever drive down the road and be like, that's this plant, that's this plant. I have this plant in my yard. <laughs> like then it gets really cool. So ah, I love it so much. But you said you planted cosmos. What else do you have in that garden right now? What is it? Everything else is flowering, starting to flower? Where are you at? So the cosmos literally this week just started opening up, which I'm so excited about because they print really beautifully. And I have this tank top that last year I tried doing where I put cosmos flowers on my on my nips yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I didn't treat the fabric correctly I don't think so it didn't last the way I wanted it to so this year I'm redoing it and mm -hmm. there was one perfect flower so I went ahead and, and printed it I already retreated the shirt and now it just has one on there because I'm waiting <laughs> for like the second perfect flower to bloom but it's not happening yet I so I have that. cosmos mm -hmm. I have Hopi uh, black purple sunflower which I'm so excited about. The seeds dye purple. I have chamomile for drinking. I guess you can dye with it a little bit, but Roman chamomile. Um, carrots, which again, I don't know what they're going to turn out to look like, but we're going to see. We're going to have some ugly carrots. And Coreopsis, a couple different varieties. Um, my black knight scabiosas haven't flowered yet, but they're looking good. A lot of African marigolds, mm -hmm. a big wildflower mix. And then I'm so sad because hollyhock is what I really wanted to grow. Do you mm -hmm. know hollyhock flowers? I, was I do. Trying to, I was trying to grow these black hollyhock flowers and I either weeded out the starts like when they sprouted, but like nothing is there. <laughs> And like that I planted happens. a whole bag of seeds. <laughs> and you're just like, all right, so not there or I killed them. I don't know. Well, Robert came up. So he, we were talking about why it's beneficial to plant like a start or like doing starts. And I did some winter sowing, which was so cool. I used mm -hmm. milk jugs. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I love doing that. That's it's so sick. I don't really have to do it too much here in Florida. Like you can just throw anything in the ground mostly. But yeah, winter sowing and jugs is so cool. It was so cool. And then what was amazing about it is you know what's growing in that jug. So you know it's not a weed. You know how many you have. So then when you transplant them, you can kind of plan out your garden a little bit better and like place them in areas. So I think that's what I want to do uh, next year more so, especially with like the hollyhock because yeah, I don't know what happened. I like planted the seeds. And Robert came up and looked at this bed that I had planted from seed, no starts. And he had like pointed out what he thought were weeds. And then even later, he didn't realize that some of the Coreopsis, thank God I didn't weed them because they were actually Coreopsis. I like yeah. had a feeling they were, but the hollyhock, I either weeded or it just didn't happen. It's it's nice selling in those jugs too, because you do get to like watch, like so many seeds come out, like the first two leaves, like they're called true leaves. The first two leaves that come out on like most plants look the exact same. Like they're just two, those uh, two yeah. like small circle leaves. So you can't tell then. But like then getting to watch those next leaves come out and like, do they come out parallel to one another? Do they come out in a spiral? Like all of those things are like, yeah, those identifying factors that you uh, you don't weed your flowers. back. <laughs> but that happens, though, dude. But it's, it's all good <laughs> next year. Right. There's always next season. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also growing tomatoes. And I wanted to ask you, like, do you grow much food or do you mainly grow flowers so and different plants? 
I I'm definitely a flower girly. That's definitely my like what I prefer to grow. I grow vegetables more for like the learning experience just because it's not something that I have a ton of experience in. So I do have some tomatoes. I really enjoy growing peppers because they actually grow a ton. Tomato people say tomatoes grow a lot like cannabis. I find that peppers grow a lot more like cannabis, like structure wise and just like what they're looking for. So I've really enjoyed growing peppers. I did grow cucumbers this year, but like Florida is hot, man. (laughs) Things just, I can't get it through my head yet that like you start gardening in Florida in like January. Like it's, you're ready to go in like January, February, people have things in the ground and coming from New England, like you have to wait until like mid-June to start gardening (laughs) and my brain just hasn't quite made that switch yet. So yeah, my cucumbers didn't do too, too hot. I did some beans this year that were just like pretty. Like, I think you actually sent me some like purple beans. And you're like, well, aren't these so cool? I was like, these are amazing. And then I like realized I basically had them <laughs> in my yard. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I planted these. These are sick. Um, but yeah, vegetables and food gardening, I guess, is just not something I have a ton of experience in. So I just haven't done too much of it yet. Um, and also bugs just like love food. <laughs> in gardens, which I obviously makes sense. Um, and Florida bugs are a wild thing going on down here. So yeah, not, not totally my jam, but I love to do flowers. And then I think growing up as a landscaper, landscaper's daughter slash landscaper myself, um, I really enjoy the like designing of a yard, you know, I don't necessarily plant in like the perfect like rows and like there's three bushes and then there's two bushes like I don't do a lot of that um but I really love seeing a yard kind of come together full of like all sorts of plants and perennials and rooms for annuals and things like that so that's more the gardener I am I guess but flowers for sure man how can you go wrong having flowers in your yard I don't think you can (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I have to tell you about this farm that we go up to in Humboldt or that we did go up to in Humboldt called Bryceland Forest Farms. Mm-hmm. He is gardening like 3D chess. Like he is next level the way that he's doing it. So he has, I'll send you videos. He has mm-hmm. all of these cannabis plants that then he has complementary flowers and other and food plants all around so that the bugs go to the ones that they are most attracted to. So mm-hmm. he's doing that thing where he's like putting another plant right next to it so that it'll all the pests go there. So then he doesn't so have to use cool. pesticides. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was the coolest experience. Like when yeah. I think of like the ideal garden, like Bryceland Forest Farms, holy cow. I'm trying to think of where exactly he's at in Humboldt, but he also, I know with his food and stuff, does uh, farmer's markets and things. And like That sounds so wow. familiar too. I actually have to ask my friend Gwilym. I don't know why, but that name sounds crazy familiar to me and I swear that he worked there. <laughs> that I would be insane. I wouldn't be like, I don't know. I swear. But yeah, that stuff's so cool. Like companion planting is absolutely insane. Yes, that was the word. I, I yes, companion planting. Yep. It's marigolds are great for that. They people always um, go for marigolds for companion planting. Um, And then I wonder too if he. I don't know if this works, and it'd be so crazy. But I wonder if planting certain things in the same root zone would change or like enhance a flavor profile, especially of like cannabis. That would be really sick. I don't know if that works. Someone probably does know. (laughs) I imagine it would because I've learned through. Like hydroponic, you can put different things in the water and it changes the profile. So I'm sure like different, I don't know, different soil so cool. things. 
I also had a question for you. So I also, I saw people talking about sunflowers, like not wanting to plant them near other stuff because they either do something to the soil or they just take all the nutrients. And I'm like, well, great. They're in the very middle of my bed. (laughs) Good job, Katie. I I mean, they are definitely like heavy feeders because they just get so huge. Um, I got to be honest. I don't have like a great answer for that. I wouldn't be surprised. There's definitely some plants that are like, they're going to eat everything in the soil, but I don't think they're going to like destroy the rest of your plants either. Yeah. I think things the, seem yeah. to be doing okay around them. The chamomile yeah. doesn't seem to be flowering there, but everything else seems to be doing okay. But yeah, they are massive. And that's actually one of the most fun things that I grew because it goes so fast. And like every yes. day I'd go out and it's bigger and bigger and bigger and they're, mm-hmm. they're just huge and there's no flowers even there yet. Um, but what would you say would be like an easy first time thing if someone wants to grow something? Dude, sunflowers, like you just said, sight. Sunflowers, is it? Every first gardener, you have to grow sunflowers because they literally like, you grew yours from seeds. So you know this, you put them in the ground, there's a sprout there like almost the next day. Immediate, like, I know it sounds silly, but like giving yourself that immediate like gratification of being like, dude, I put a seed in the ground, there's a plant here so cool you're hooked immediately you're hooked and then they do they grow so fast they really are not asking for a lot from you and they just like i mean a giant sunflower man come on (laughs) how are you not addicted to gardening after you see something like that um yeah sunflowers are incredible for that for sure i also love like if you're gonna go flowers too like zinnias are my like bread and butter i just love 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 growing zinnias I think they're like kind of mini sunflowers, to be honest. They're like the classic quintessential flower. You can do nothing to them and they're going to grow. A lot of people love topping them, which helps just like promote side growth and having more even flower growth, but another super easy plant too. What does topping them mean? So topping them, this comes up a lot in gardening and people feel different ways about different topping and you top for different reasons too. So the, the main what it does. So you have your main stem is coming up and growing. And if you keep letting it go, it's just going to keep getting taller, which is fine. And you're going to probably have one big head on it. If we're talking about flowers, you're going to have one big flower head and then the side shoots will usually come out a little bit smaller. If you're like a home gardener or something like this does not matter for you whatsoever. Like having some bigger, small like blooms is fine. Um, But by topping a plant, you're stopping the energy from continuing just straight upward and growing straight upward. You cut that energy source off at the top and then everything from the sides, the energy is now being directed towards there. So you end up with a lot more even growth and a lot more top growth and then therefore more flowers usually. So if you're like a florist or, or not a florist, I'm sorry. If you're a flower farmer going to florists, they're usually looking for stem length is really important because if they're building bouquets, your stems have to be a certain length, like they have to fit in there. So by topping, you're usually creating longer stems on flowers. And then like cannabis, other types of plants, tomatoes, stuff like that, like you're creating more branches and then therefore more fruiting points basically. So I hope that was a good explanation. It, it definitely was. And actually, I did uh, cut the top of some of my cosmos off because I saw a video that people yeah. were like, do this. I didn't know why, but I was so scared too that I only did it to a few plants. I'm like, that's I don't like know. a great way. That's such a good way to garden too. Is like I call it side by side gardening. I mean, you can call it whatever you want, just experimental gardening. But like, 
do it to some plants and don't do it to some plants. And then you get to see literally like, okay, I, I like I didn't do it to all my zinnias my first round. I didn't top them and they still came out great. I got thousands and thousands of seeds. Like I was so stoked about it. But I can see how topping them would have been beneficial. They got like kind of tall and kind of like raggedy at the end. I didn't like that too much. Like this time I'm going to top them. And like, what I mean, why not do some and not the others and learn, you know, again with that, you have to go out there and A, try it. And then B, you have to like observe and see what the difference is. So there's no better. Like, you, it's so funny. You said like Robert told you exactly what to do and you were like, mm, no, <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. But I think that's a great way to garden is like do what your brain is telling you to do. Go do that. Even if it's wrong, your brain needed to know. Your brain was like, but we got to try. And like, go, tr- go try it. That's the best thing to do. So I'm with that. Go be well, crazy. I will, <laughs> I will give a hot tip. This is another stupid question I asked Robert, but I'll give a hot tip so you guys don't have to ask this question. If you're planting sunflower seeds, you don't crack the seed open and plant the inside. <laughs> Did you do that? No, but I asked him. Oh. I was like, so do I like open these up or... That's so awesome. You don't, you guys. So no, you don't have seed in the ground. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Dude, I love that though. Oh my God. There's no stupid question with gardening because some things that seem like they make sense like don't ever. I don't know. And you can do crazy things. I don't know with gardening. So maybe, who knows? Maybe there is a seed out there that you got to open up. I also tried doing all of these starts inside for tomatoes and different things and watermelons and all this stuff. I didn't realize how important it would be to have a heating mat under those. So I like bought a light. I saved all my egg cartons. I was like doing the the whole thing, spraying them every day. Like nothing was happening. And I realized, well, Robert told me later. I didn't have a heating mat under it because when we sprouted these cannabis seeds, he let us borrow his heating mat. And also, if you make sourdough bread, um, that is the coolest thing ever to put your sourdough starter on. Have you ever made sourdough? No, I haven't. So if you have the starter just like a little bit warm and when we were doing fires, I would like bring the starter jar into our living room right next to the fire and it would grow in size faster. But when we had this heating mat for the seedlings, I just put it right on top because there was a little space. And oh my God, it like doubled in size so fast. I'm like, I'm going to get a seed mat just for my sourdough starter. That's so awesome. Dude, double, like that works for double things now. That's fantastic. Great purchase. That's helpful. I don't do a ton of indoor starting, obviously. Like I said, Florida, I just don't have to do that. But the issue with it, if you think about it, your seed, like I said, they're so intelligent. They're so smart. So you put your seed in the ground and or in your soil and if it's inside like you said like it's not getting warm in there so now your seed is just sitting in like wet cold soil and to that it knows well the sun must not be shining that bright because like my sun my soil is not getting any warmer so it's not going to sprout because it's like well the sun's not out i'm not going to grow because the sun's not out there what the heck um and this is where you get to kind of like It sounds maybe silly, but I really try to like embody the plant or the seed that I'm thinking of. So like if I'm trying to grow, do I want to be cold? Like, no, probably not. So like that's where the the heating mat comes in is it heats up the soil and it kind of makes that fake. The sun is warming up the ground. Therefore, it's spring. Therefore, I'm ready to grow. But yeah, that's just one of those one of those things you can definitely. And the light inside your house is usually 
not intense, obviously, because it's not direct sunlight. And that causes a lot of seedlings to stretch out. So your plant, again, is very, very smart. And it knows like, hey, there's not enough sun right here. I'm going to get as long as I can and hopefully get to somewhere where there is some sun. But if it's inside, like that place doesn't exist. So you end up with like string bean plants. It's not what you want. So yeah, I like starting them outside. I bought those fancy grow lights, but mm. uh, yeah, without the heat, it didn't, they didn't work. But not the, the grow lights too, maybe were not strong enough because with these cannabis seedlings, they were getting kind of leggy and stretching. Mm-hmm. And so Bentley brought in like all of our film lights and like film equipment lights. And the setup that he has over them is so funny. Um, he has like, I'll have to send you a photo. It's ridiculous. But then in the daytime now, we've been taking them outside and they've been getting some some sun, That's which is really awesome. fun because they're going to go in the ground soon. We're just waiting for it to warm up. Like, so cool. what in the world happened? It is so I cold here. It's, that cold. it's like 90 here right now. So. I can't relate. We're in like the hell months. It was like 65 yesterday and it was like chilly, windy, windy and chilly. What's crazy is summer is tomorrow. Tomorrow is the solstice. Tomorrow is summer, right? It's the first day of summer. It's solstice. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's literally tomorrow is when our weather says it gets warm. I'm like, this is the first summer that like summer's happening on on the dot. When it is supposed to apparently. Yeah, Yeah, that is wild. I... uh. That's the thing. Like, that's exactly what we're saying, though. It's like, when does it say that your actual frost date is? Because I'm sure it was like months ago, but if you or weeks ago, at least. But if you would put stuff in the ground, like they might not be rocking right now. But yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Going back to what you said about when if they were in the ground and it's not warm enough, they're not going to sprout. And that is why like the winter sowing when I saw like, I'm like, how do you do that? How do you put them in jugs? And they go outside and it even snowed here for the first time in like 10 years. So my jugs even got snow in them. But the seed is waiting for the perfect condition. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's going to do its thing. And I just think that is so cool. that like it's Yeah, it's absolutely incredible because you, yeah, they just, they're so smart. Like plants, I always remind people this, like plants were going to be here whether there's humans here or not like they were here before we were they last they outlast us every time something happens like there's always going to be plants they are smart they don't need us here like when you're gardening you're just there to like assist basically and your job is to just like assist the right way and like when plants die like it's we did something to it like most likely um they are they're just incredibly intelligent and they just know they know what they need. So if your plant's doing like not doing well, it's because it is not getting what it needs. And then that's your job as the gardener to, like I said, like follow your intuition or try to like really stare at your plant and be like, okay, if I was this plant and my leaves are getting crunchy, like what, when do I feel crunchy? It's like maybe too much sun, you feel a little crunchier. Okay. So then you adjust your like lighting or whatever it is. So yeah, it really is being a gardener is just like trying to not mess up what your plant already knows it needs to do. Speaking of plants being so smart and magical, uh, the overstory book. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> that was the best recommended book. Thank you so much. That was incredible. That is easy in my top five like favorite books I've ever read now. So good. Wow. So I don't want to spoil or alert it, and you mm-hmm. can't spoil it for me because I'm I have ten percent left. I was trying to finish it, no but I'm way. so mad oh I didn't. God, yes. Yeah, I'm close. I wanted to bring my Kindle in here because I've been highlighting mm-hmm. stuff and something you just said about like 
if humans weren't here, the plants like would still be going. There was a quote in it towards the end of the book that mm-hmm. I like highlighted yesterday that I wanted to read on this podcast. And I'm so mad I forgot it. But the overstory is amazing. If you guys have seen me sharing it on Instagram, it is a book about trees. So if you're interested in trees and plants, you're going to like it. My mom, though, she got recommended it by somebody completely different in our hometown, this woman who has a bookstore. I told her to read it. And she goes, oh, my God, I have that book. I'm like, well, read it. It's amazing. She's mm-hmm. been texting me. When does it get good? And I'm like, what? What? So I don't know why she doesn't like it. It is pretty wordy. But it I think you have to be wordy. really nerdy into the plants. I do think that you have to like, yes, you have to have like, either you like, maybe you don't have to like plants, but you have to be like interested in them enough maybe to like find the story interesting because they do. They talk about like so many different types of trees and like keeping that straight is important. Um and there is like a middle part where you're like, you know, some stuff's about to happen and you got to like, got to keep reading. But I love that in books when you're like, I know some crazy things are about to happen for sure. Like, let me get there. Like I flew through the that book was. I can't believe how fast you read it. Honestly, I've been like <laughs> nursing say, it for months. <laughs> I, I think that I'm just I'm either I'm going to nurse a book for absolutely months, but when I am hooked in a book, like I, I can't put it down. I don't know what it is. So that book definitely did it for me. It definitely ties together like a lot of things that I feel where like the most important people in my life have definitely come to me through plants in some way, like a hundred percent, all of the most important people that I have surrounding me came to me through plants. So that story is the same overarching kind of thing where the plants and the trees tie everybody together. So for me, I think I was kind of like reading someone else's take on like where I've been in my life, if that makes sense. Um, and there's like some sweet little love stories in there. <laughs> and there's like uh, the things that I think there's always a character that somebody can. Do you have a character that you relate to the most in there? I have a character that I love the most. It is. Um, oh, what's her name? She's the professor. Who, oh, Patricia, right? Patricia. Patricia? Yes. 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 Doctor. That's Patricia. Funny. She's fantastic. She's like the. She's, she's a great She's character. just my favorite. She's just my favorite because of the like adversity that she faced. Mm-hmm. Of, like, I don't want to give it away, you guys, but she, I won't tell the whole story. But she had a theory that she tested about the trees communicating, which now in 2023, we know the trees communicate. We know Mm -hmm. that they communicate through the fungi, through the soil, through the air. Like we know that they're communicating. But when she had that theory and she's based off a real person, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realize. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, But she had that theory and she she wrote a thesis or a paper or something on it. It went in a journal and then people started like there was a lot of backlash that she Mm -hmm. was crazy and it wasn't really happening. Yeah. Yeah. And she like left the community and then. Like now, obviously, we know that is how it works. So I don't want to like give the story away, but like seeing that evolution of her character, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's my favorite. So but yeah, this story is awesome. Her. There's like yeah. nine, you have to keep the character straight. Like I almost need like a character tree. Yes. <laughs> I, like, oh my need God. To see yes. everybody. It's crazy how many, how many characters cross too. That's really unexpected. Like you're getting, you're farther into the book now, but like, yeah, you start off with all those individual stories and you get attached to each one too. Like, man, they, oh my God, Katie, I was texting you. I was like, bro, you just broke my heart in like one chapter. That was intense. Um, But yeah, they just like, 
crazy connections like through it's good man so good it's so good i was i was telling bentley about it and you probably have a little bit of insight on the american chestnut tree just from being on the east coast i actually did not know anything about that i had to google that i didn't even know it was real until like that that part of the story was like based on true facts that is so interesting so in the story they talk about it but it's also true that the american chestnut tree gave so much food like it was such a a wonderful provider to humans just throughout the ages and then blight wipes them out completely or almost completely and there's like very very few chestnuts left and it really is a really sad thing but it's also a great way for like us to look at gardening like as a whole is like it could all just be gone like we could we could also like wipe out everything (laughs) unfortunately and but that's like a great way to like connect back into why we all need to garden or why we all can like improve our landscape or what's around us a little bit is like you never know what could be gone and like what important like should that professor oh i'm nope almost just said a spoiler don't spoil it don't spoil it i I will say the the book opens up with the american chestnut story so maybe (laughs) if we talk about this it'll get you guys to read it or get interested in it Mm -hmm. I was first introduced to American chestnut through the woodworker who makes our bath trays. So I have Mm -hmm. custom bath trays for our website. And he was so excited to tell me that he had access to this American chestnut wood for the bath tray. And I have one that's American chestnut. And I was just like, okay. And he like told me this long involved story. He's like, it's a tree. It's not around anymore. And I was just like, okay. This was like five years ago. Uh, Okay. I don't get it. And then reading this book, he kept calling them like the redwoods of the East coast they're huge. They're massive. Like the the way that he described them. And I am so in love with these redwoods here. And I had no clue anything like that existed on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And for them to just all be gone, like I can't imagine the redwoods just being gone. Just wild. Absolutely. It really was a great, I think it that is a great way to get people into the book is like that thought of like, yeah, dang, like something got wiped out. And then it ties like everybody back together at the end of the story is like that, that almost loss. Um, Don't yeah. spoil it. I'm, I didn't say anything. I didn't say Don't anything. Spoil- I'm just saying. So, <laughs> when I told Bentley about it, though, and I was explaining the chestnut in that story and how cool it was and like how he didn't know about it, like nobody mm-hmm. really talks about it or knows about it. So I was Googling it. And that's when I found out that it's going to be a Netflix series and i'm so stoked because no i like way did you not know that no it's gonna be a netflix series so happy. Oh my God. dude yeah the oh, over man. the overstory will be a netflix series and i think it maybe has some of the same creators or producers of like big little lies which i don't know if you watched that no but, like, i didn't but oh my god okay, that's a great show um <laughs> so yeah that's that's just side note you guys if you need a good book and you really like plants it's a made thick it this far, book by the way that is a it, in a good way. It is, I don't know, something about picking up like a nice thick book and you're like, yes, there's story in here. There's detail. And it is. It's a beautifully written story. The way that the author utilizes the characters is incredible. Um, it is, what is the right word? I, I know it's fiction, but like there's fact in it. There's obviously. some history there. Yeah, yeah there's like there's history and fact in it. That is true. So I think it's also a great way like if you are into plants, like I like reading really sciencey books. I I enjoy that personally. But I know for a lot of people, like sitting down and reading a book that is like full blown science book is not the jam. So this is also a great way to like learn some things about plants 
but still enjoy. Like I said, like there's there's some love stories, there's family drama, like there's a little bit of everything. So it really get, it does keep you tied in. Great book. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, okay, back to gardening chat because I do have questions for you. So some of these are a little selfish. They're just from me and I need to know. And I can't bug Robert with any more questions at the moment. Um, and then I do have some questions from Instagram that people asked as well. Nice. So we'll just rapid fire ask you questions. Okay. Um, I've been saving eggshells. What do I do with them? Oh my God. Or what do I do? You literally, it's so easy. You literally just throw them in the soil. So they're like a slow release, uh, fertilizer, fertilizer is not the right word. Uh, like a slow release nutrient. So like eggshells literally are calcium. So you just throw them in there, man. You just mix them all in and you can put them in a circle around your plants. You can mix it into the soil. That's it. You just throw them when? in there. Just whenever. Whenever. <laughs> just <Okay>. do it. <laughs> Watering. What is the best time to water? The morning ah. or the evening? This is a great question. The best time to water is when you can go water. I don't like, I don't love when people say that there is a best time to do anything. The best time is like when you can do it. Um, the benefits are different at different times of the day and how you water are different at different times of the day. So watering in the morning, everyone always says is the best. It is great because A, it's the beginning of the day. The sun hasn't come up and started getting like really intense on your plants. So if you're having any issues with any of your plants, you know about it first thing in the morning. If something's dry, you know about it first thing in the morning, you can get it water before the sun comes out and starts like really beating on it. Um, you also usually have to use less water because it's not like evaporating, <laughs> like especially here in the middle of the afternoon, if you're watering a plant, you literally have to use like a pretty intense nozzle because if you're going on like just the shower one, it's evaporating into the air. Wow. So the morning is a great time to water. You find problems early in the day. Another great thing too, is if you have any pests or bugs, in the morning, it is usually cooler and they have not warmed up yet to go start like exploring for the day. So you're going to see them a lot easier because they're not moving yet usually. So that's morning watering is great for that. Um, I spent most of my spring watering in the afternoon just because when that, that's like when Nora was sleeping. Also a great time of the day. No problem. Um, but yeah, if the sun has already been out for a while and you haven't watered yet, your plants might be like hurt a little bit, but you can just give them a good soak. They'll be okay. Um, and then evening watering is probably your like on the bottom of the list. It's not bad, but if you leave, if you leave too much water in your soil and then the sun is not out, it's not heating up, you kind of get like soggy roots and then you can end up with like some rot and like different problems like that. So like Morning is the quote unquote best. Yeah, afternoon I is need to fine. Get my, I need to get my sleep schedule back so I can do some morning water. <laughs> I mean, I've been you, doing the, evening. Evening is it really is fine. You just have to be careful with like not flooding it because there's no sun or heat really to immediately start using the water. So it is sitting in the soil, just kind of in your root zone and not moving anywhere until the next morning. So it's fine. You just have to be kind of cautious. Okay. But I do know like my Coreopsis, I did get a Coreopsis that was already started because I just could not wait on these seeds. My, none of my Coreopsis have done anything yet. So I bought some. Um, and it was like, if I go out there in the middle of the day and it's like droopy and looks sad, I immediately water it. I'm just like, oh, you're yeah, sad. And you, you can't like, definitely like, yes, like watering it is definitely helpful. It cools down the root zone. It helps cool down your plant. 
but also don't forget that like sometimes like your plant's just hot man <laughs> it's just wilted because it's like hot out um so don't be afraid to like check your soil first too um before watering because sometimes it does have enough water and just the heat or the sun is just like beaming down on it and it's just a little like cucumbers are a great example um midday even if you water them first thing in the morning your cucumber leaves are like probably going to be droopy in the middle of the day but what's cool what i noticed with cucumbers at least when they droop like that the flowers actually have easier access for the pollinators that's not science that's just some stuff i've noticed but like maybe the drooping is a good thing sometimes just saying stare at your plants it helps (laughs) that's actually really helpful my next question though oh well last thing on watering so Mm -hmm. i've asked i've asked robert probably a million times on every plant i have how often do i water this and he always just does this he gives me a thumbs up he gives me a thumbs up and then he goes a thumbs down he's like put your thumb in the soil and if it's not wet, then water it. I'm like, oh, yep. you say that every time. I should just know. That's the answer. Is that kind of how you go too? Is you like, yeah, yeah. I definitely, um, yeah. So feeling into the ground is your biggest like indicator. Um, it it depends on your soil and everything like that. What holds on to more water, but yeah, your best bet is really just feel the soil. Like, is it dry? Then your plants dry. Is your finger wet? Your plants are wet. <laughs> It's a great way. I did just post a reel or a TikTok actually today that I was like, I hate getting dirt in my fingernails. I despise it. I think it's yucky. It's a terrible feeling. No, thank you. So I don't love doing that. And I do think that I have like enough of an eye for it, but for like now. Um, but there's also like moisture meters that you can get like on Amazon for like seven bucks. And you can stick it in the water and it literally says like moist, not moist. In the ground. In the ground. What did I say? Did I say stick it in the my water. finger? Oh, You're going to stick it in the water. <laughs> Probably going to say it's moist if you put it in the water. <laughs> yes, you put that's it in the cool. ground. Yeah, those, so that's a great alternative those, too. Those, those are great for house can, plants too. That's what I was about to say. Can they work inside? Because like mm-hmm. I said, I'm like the worst at the indoor plants. The indoor, I think that, like you said though, like plants are like kind of, they're meant to be outside at the end of the day. Like plants are supposed to grow outside. So it is tough to replicate conditions inside your house it's like not I easy i see people though with these beautiful indoor plant collections and like mm-hmm. i have one pothos that i've kept alive that's very mm-hmm. happy everything else is like hanging on by a thread i just don't i don't know it's t- you really have to have like a great window even things like where is the vent that your ac comes out that's going to change how good of like a environment you have like my we're in florida like i said so we have like ac going all the time I can't really grow houseplants that well in here. They don't really enjoy it. It's too cold usually. Um, no matter how much sun is coming through the window, they like aren't really too stoked. So that's another thing. It's just environmental conditions can be really tough in your house or dry. Like if you have um, up in New England, especially the type of heat that's usually up there, like your house is really, really dry. Your ho- Like your indoor plants aren't going to like that. So yeah. Dang. Okay, next question from me, and then I'll go into these questions from followers on Instagram. Sweet. Uh, what is fertilizer? How often do I fertilize? Do you need to fertilize? Mm. Yes, you definitely need to. I don't know if fertilizer to me makes my brain go towards like synthetic things. So like as long as we're not talking about necessarily synthetic stuff or like man-made fertilizer, um, but you definitely need to feed your plant so they – the timing is different for everything. Unfortunately, it's one, again, like I'm going to say the same thing over and again, like you got to look at your own plant and what's going on. 
but the plant themselves eat different amounts of nutrients depending on what that plant does. So over time, your soil is going to lose nutrients slash maybe your soil is great, but if it's in prime growing season or blooming or trying to fruit, like they really need a lot of help. They need food to eat. And out in nature, you have like animals walking by and like using the bathroom and like that is nutrients at the end of the day. That is supplying them. There's leaf drop and like that adds nutrients to your soil. There's trees shedding their leaves at the end of the season like that adds nutrients to your soil. So if you're doing your own gardening where you've kind of removed all those natural factors, like yes, you definitely have to add stuff in. Um, I keep it really simple. I use just like a it's an organic um, powder formula that you just put into water and mix. It's like you're it's so just that most normal thing you can use. It's not like spiked in NPK or anything like that or like any specific one. Um, and I just do it like every few weeks whenever I'm like, you guys need some food? I don't know. It's really an intuition thing, I guess, too. But you could definitely go with just a normal – I'll send you the one that I use. Uh, and I just feed them like every two or three weeks. Just give them a little bit of love. They're cool. going to use what Thanks. they need, too. I don't. I don't know that you can really – you probably can overfeed them, but I also think if you're out in soil and in the, the ground, you can probably just kind of give them some stuff. That's good to know. And I feel like um, I didn't realize that about fruit and like our our lemon tree here. The lemons fall like on our sidewalk or our little like patio area. And I was just like chucking them wherever. And then I realized like, oh, I should be throwing them like right at where the tree is because it'll feed the tree back. So now I like throw them right at the trunk of the tree. Like I'm telling you that plants are so smart. Like if like you can look at different seed types too is like if a seed comes out and it's attached to one of those little puffy things, it's like supposed to catch the wind. It's supposed to travel. And that means that that plant usually is like pretty established itself and is going to keep growing itself from that position. So it throws seeds further away from itself, whereas like other plants drop seeds right next to itself. And that's because it's not like a maybe not a perennial plant. It needs to reseed itself every year. So, yeah, like plants know what they're doing. If you kind of follow along with what the plant is doing itself, like it's probably going to work out. But, yeah, like dropping lemons like right underneath it. I probably meant to do that. <laughs> So the next question I have is from somebody on Instagram and they're asking, my beds always have so many weeds growing in them. Is that a big deal? And I have that same question. It's like, do you need to weed? Mm. So hmm. I like to weed because I'm a tidy gardener. That's kind of like who I am as a person. Um, they can definitely, depends on what the weeds are, but they can be like if you pull them out, they have a really thick like tap root, which is the root that drives itself down. It's usually the biggest root. Um, they definitely can soak, suck out moisture. They can suck out nutrients, stuff like that. So I do think it's great to weed, but you don't have to be like insane. Um, there's a really good saying. I mean, maybe it's not a saying, but it's like kind of a rule of thumb, but it's one year of seed, seven years of weed. So say you moved into your house and it was the grass was overgrown or something. So the grass grew and it seeded and it dropped seed. You're going to have seven years, approximately seven years worth of grass seed in that area. So you would have to weed every single weed perfectly and not let it get to seed in order to get to a point that you don't ever have weeds in that spot. 
So you're kind of fighting like a losing battle because you're you're literally fighting against nature. Like it's going to reseed itself. They're very intelligent. They're going to drop enough seeds that they're going to some are going to germinate this year, the next, the next, the next. So like, yes, weed, keep a tidy garden. Don't lose your mind about it. That you're never winning the battle against weeds. I'm sorry. It's not happening. But like, you know, keep it keep it neat. <laughs> Oh man, you look stressed. Well, you stressed me out a little bit because the milk thistles that have taken over our backyard Mm. that were such a battle. They're so spiky and they're so hard for me to Mm -hmm. pull. I don't know if you've dealt with milk milk thistle. No, not we have some that were like literally 20, 30 pounds after I pulled them out by the root. And you can only pull them out by the root because they poke Mm -hmm. the crap out of you, even through leather gloves. Some of them were seeding and like growing flowers. Now I'm scared to death for next year. Oh, they're coming back. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to try to get them when they're very small. Yes. Then because yes. If you're going go to, you have to let them, You, if you're going to weed, get them before they go to seed. Because if you're letting them go to seed and drop them, like like I said, you're just adding seven more years of them. So get them early. Jeez. And they're easier to pull oh, okay. at that age. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'll be ready next year. The, the <laughs> next question I have is what do you do when it rains for weeks and everything is oversaturated? Like, can you do anything with over, over rain, over watering? Um, hmm. I think that this question probably pertains to like raised beds and stuff like that because like you are kind of making an artificial spot. Like if you're in your natural soil, like Florida soil is super sandy, which a lot of gardeners hate, but it is for the benefit that it rains constantly here. So the the rain goes through the soil really easily. It drains simply. Um, Whereas if you make a raised bed and you're adding your own soil and amendments, you're not putting a ton of sand in there most likely so it is going to get really saturated um i don't know what you could do to help it because if it's raining for weeks and weeks on end like what anything you do you're just gonna like have it redone i guess um yeah it sounds like you just got a lot of water i don't have a great answer for that one it just sounds like you got a lot of water in your beds I didn't think plant more plants actually maybe if you planted it sounds crazy but if you fill those beds up enough and you have enough root zone going on in there like it's gonna drink it probably so maybe planting things that do well with lots of water is your solution you have to you can't battle the rain (laughs) yeah okay there's a few more but I'm only gonna ask you two because I don't want to keep you long I know you have your daughter's nap time ending um, tips for managing slugs naturally. I can't get ducks right now. I wish I could. Do ducks help the slugs? <laughs> yeah, the ducks will just eat the slugs, which is pretty cool. Um, companion planting is probably your best bet is like giving them something that they want to eat more than your plants. And um, but slugs are slugs are a tricky one. They'll just they'll just do their thing. They don't really care too much about much. Um, yeah, I would say companion planting is probably your best bet on that one. I haven't struggled. There's tons of slugs in my yard, and honestly, they don't really mess with too much. So, I don't know. They're, this is home of the banana slugs. I don't know if you know that that's the mascot for University of Santa Cruz, but there are banana slugs that come into our barn gym. We have a gym in our barn, and they glide across the walls. And there's these like glossy, like tracks that they leave, and then yeah. all of a sudden the track ends. So I'm like, that slug just fell. <laughs> the wall there but every that's day we awesome. go in there's like a different slug track oh my um, god that's so they're messing funny. my gym up more than my than my garden so yeah i <laughs> i also will say i get i get a lot of questions on instagram about pest issues which i definitely understand um however i think as a human you do have to take a step back for a second and like i know that you're planting things for yourself and you like want them for yourself 
but you are kind of inserting yourself into nature. So like, yeah, pests are going to come and like deer are going to come and animals are going to come and like they're going to eat stuff from your yard. But you can also take a step back and be like, wow, I have like re-entered the ecosystem. Like I am now back a part of nature. It's like, yeah, it's really tough when they eat your stuff. But like also you made that slug's day, man. (laughs) Or that deer or like, I know it's hard to think of it like that, but that's what keeps me positive that I'm like, I know I like kind of, you know, I want all this stuff for myself. I planted it for myself, but you're also now back a part of the ecosystem. Like things are coming to your yard. Animals are happy that there are things there for you. So I don't know. You could put that positive spin on it. No, that's so funny because my very first strawberry that I was waiting to get ripe got eaten by something and I was so angry and Robert was laughing at me. He's like, you can't be mad about one strawberry being eaten like you said something. Yeah, it's going to happen. I'm like, I know, but my strawberry. Um, Okay, last question is about, well, there was a question about ants, which is another pest, which is probably your same answer unless you do have a special thing about ants. No, I I mean, and ants are, like, rampant here. Like, Florida ants are, like, no joke for sure. But, like, I I don't know. I don't have too much of an issue with them actually getting into stuff. I can understand that they uh, get into beds and, like, mess up people's beds. But you're trying to battle nature. Like, I don't know. So I just try to be like, listen, man, the ants got this area. I'm just not going to plant things there. Like, I'll let them be. And ants especially, when people do try to treat ants, you have to think that these ants have – the craziest tunnel system going on underneath your yard or underneath your bed, whatever it is. So like you spraying the crap out of like one hole or like fighting with ants at like one hole, like they're just coming back somewhere else. So my rule of thumb is like, don't make them mad. Like, you know where they are. They got their thing going on over there. Leave them alone. Go plant your plant somewhere else. (laughs) Stop fighting with nature. Okay, the very, very last question then is, mm-hmm. uh, why are roses prone to so many diseases? Are they? I hmm. didn't know that. Um, I don't know exactly, like roses in particular, but I think that, hmm, why are roses prone to so many diseases? I don't know where roses are native. I'm going to take a wild guess if you don't mind. I, to yeah, everyone listening, this is me taking a wild guess. I would say that they're probably like they're not necessarily like native to your area maybe so them getting beat up by a bunch of different pests and stuff or diseases and things like that like they're probably like not really meant to be grown there but everybody loves roses so they plant them everywhere um they're also really like delicate flower like i know they have thorns on them but like at the end of the day the petals are it's why we think they're so beautiful like they're these beautiful delicate um, petals and they're very fragrant so things are coming after them for sure um and they've been hybridized, like crazy. Maybe hybridized is not the right word, but they've been crossed so many times that you might have lost the initial defenses that they have that they developed, like where they were supposed to be growing. So when you cross stuff and you make it like something that it really wasn't, it kind of loses its natural defenses for the area it was supposed to be in. But that's that just makes my a guess. Lot of sense. No, that's yeah. a very good educated guess if you ask me. I that think that was a good guess. <laughs> the Someone rose garden. Yeah, the rose garden in San Diego, I remember walking around there and realizing only certain roses smell because they you're right, they've been crossed so many times that yeah. most of them do not smell, which is nuts to me. That's wild. Okay, I have two final things to say and then I'll let you go unless you yeah, need man. to go right now. No, I, I'm actually good. Okay, so I end every podcast. Well, normally I do rapid fire fun questions, so maybe I will just throw a few at you just for yeah, fun. Yeah, I would actually What's your favorite that. food? <laughs> What's your pizza. favorite food? Pizza. Always Pizza. <laughs> 
I will eat pizza, pizza day and night. <laughs> what do you like to do on a rainy day? Go in my garden. Gardening in the rain is the best. Go in your garden. If it is raining, go outside. If it's thundering and lightning, don't go outside. But if it's just lightly raining, you got to get out there. Seeing your plants. Wow. I thought you'd say something else. That's why I asked you. No way. You got to go out there. You got to garden. Because seeing your plants, you don't have to do anything. At this moment in gardening, you are the most unneeded thing that your plants have. They have all of the most perfect water in the world. And they're just going to be out there dancing. The raindrops are hitting them. They're dancing. They're having a good time. You have to go out there and stare at your plants. So yes, rainy day, plant time. (laughs) I love that. Um, If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? At right this moment, I would, we would go home. We would go to uh, Newport, Rhode Island, and we would have a a beautiful beach day. Nora um, hasn't gotten to go to the beach there that Aiden grew up on. And uh, yeah, I would love to, I would love to be home for just maybe a week or so. I'd love to I don't know. There's a lot of good memories there that Noj hasn't gotten to uh, experience yet because we moved down here when she was like five months old. And we've only been back once since she was really little. So I would definitely kill to see her uh, enjoy the places that Aiden and I like grew up in. That'd be really sick. Oh, that's really sweet. I didn't even get to ask you any questions about motherhood and momming. I had all these things planned, but that's so sweet. It's the best. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, What's your favorite way to move your body? I love like a brisk walk. And that sounds so silly, but like I do just love walking. Um, there's like studies that have come out too that like the best way to move through problems is like to physically move forward. Um, and I really love that. Aiden and I take a walk almost every single day together. And I think that like forward movement with one another and as a family like makes us move forward in our life too. Like it helps us push forward in goals and we like get to talk about our day. So yeah, I just love going for a good old walk. I used to run cross country, but like that's just too much work now. I can't do that. Yeah, sign me up for the walk. <laughs> yes, walking A+. plus. What is your favorite thing to do to care for yourself? Oh. Self-care. Uh, I love to smoke a little bit and go take a nice long shower. I'm just trying to relax, but I, you got to smoke first. Just chill. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, what's the last book you read? I don't know if it's The Overstory. Maybe you're um, on something the, else. Yeah, it was The Overstory. And then I have your other book that you recommended, The uh, the Woman Who Run, What is it? Woman Who Run With Wolves. Yeah. Dude, oh, you're I can't wait fantastic. You, you should be one. on like Book Talk or something, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is – do you have any favorite podcasts? Yours, of course. <laughs> no, genuinely, Besides- I do love – I love listening to your podcast. It's a, a fantastic one. Um. I listen to my friend Nia, um, Better and Balance podcast. She is fantastic as well. She's on Instagram, Better and Balance podcast. Hers is great. She's very, um, she expresses herself so authentically. And I just like, every time I listen to her, I'm like, hell yeah. Like anything that she's talking about, she even talks about books that I've never read before. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm with this. So I really, I love her podcast as well. But those two, I really do love your podcast. I'm not just saying that because I'm on it. Oh, thank you. Well, then, you know, if you've listened to it, that the thing I finish with every time is a crystal in the room. Mm-hmm. So the crystal for you, and maybe this is just based off your Instagram name, but it's citrine because it's the Yay! sun and it makes things grow and it's I bright and happy. 
Yay. I love that. I appreciate that so much. I actually, I, I sometimes feel a little silly with that. I'll tell you this. Maybe people will hear this and understand too. I feel sometimes a little silly that that is my name. That's Sarah Sunshine Gardens. Um, growing up, I always wanted a nickname. <laughs> I know that's so silly. When your name is Sarah and you're born in 1995, it is the top girl's name <laughs> in 1995, which means I meant I knew hundreds of Sarahs. So I always wanted a nickname and never had one. And so I kind of like dubbed myself like Sarah Sunshine. <laughs> so I appreciate that, that you appreciate that. It means a lot to me. Um, it kind of just reminds me to like exude that light because I do have it inside of myself and I like definitely let it, let it get dimmed down for a long time. I don't know. It's kind of like some forced sunshine out of myself, but I do have it in myself and I know that. So I try to put it out as best I can to the world. That makes oh, sense. I love that. Thanks, you dude. do have a very bright sunshine light, honestly. Oh, like I've thank you. loved getting to know you. And there were so many things I wanted to talk to you about, like even way beyond gardening. So maybe we'll come back or do a crossover on your podcast or something. Oh, yes, definitely, dude. I would absolutely love that for sure. Um, I know we talked about in the mentorship when we were working together that you were thinking about offering like some sort of consulting for gardening. Are you still thinking of that? Because if so, I let's think- shout that out. I think that my the only thing that holds me back from that is I I said it already a bunch of times, but was like everyone's situation is so different. So if it was like some sort of consulting or if anybody's ever looking for advice, like I'm definitely going to come to it without particulars and more about like how are you looking at your garden? How are you spending your time out there? What are you observing? Like more things like that. So if you have very particular gardening questions that you're looking for, there are definitely better creators and better gardeners out there for those sorts of things. But if you are holding yourself back because you're afraid to get started or you just like have literally no idea where to get started, that's definitely where I could help you out. And like um, you can slip into my DMs for that. Like I'm down to just chat and like encourage people all the time. Um so yeah, that's I guess that's where I'm at with that. I just love to talk to people and get them interested in garden and like stopping afraid of it. There's so you're going to succeed with something. You maybe just haven't found your plant yet or your type of gardening or like whatever it is. So it's definitely more about that for me personally. I love that. Well, that's a beautiful thing to end on. So you can yeah. find Sarah at Sarah Sunshine Gardens on Instagram. You can mm-hmm. listen to our podcast, The Trellis Podcast. Is there anything else you want to share? I am on TikTok. I'm a little sillier. Oh, too. I'm a little sillier on TikTok. So <laughs> if you're looking for more silly yeah. content, you can find me over there. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. That's the the gram, the TikTok, and the the podcast. Definitely the podcast right now is my my big love. I thank you so much for encouraging me and getting me to do that. It was Something I was when we talked about in the mentorship, I was like really stuck on getting going on the podcast. Um, and now doing it, it just brings me so much joy. I love, oh man, what a cool form to talk to people and to like record people's stories and things like that. Like, it's literally, it sounds silly maybe, but like you're literally recording, like you're making history in a way, like you're creating history and you're creating, um, I, maybe it's wild for me to think about, but you know, Nora's only two and a half now, but. I hope one day in the future, even if she's like laughing at me, she's like, my mom thought she was cool on Instagram. <laughs> this is my mom podcast. <laughs> but I hope that one day she, uh, you know, gets to listen back to it and gets to hear my story and hear friends of mine's stories and learn a little bit about me that maybe I never told her before. So 
little little nudge if you're listening to this when you're way older. I love you, you little rat rat. <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's such a cool way, like just incredible way to uh, express yourself too. It's just these kinds of conversations, very cool. It's so so sweet, and it is like a time capsule. When I go back and I listen to, I've listened to like some older ones. It's cool to have conversations with people that you love like recorded like we don't do that normally so I can go back and listen to like some of those early conversations when I had Bentley on the podcast or even the very first episode where I was talking about him and I'm like oh my boyfriend I'm like oh that sounds so funny because like they're just little time capsules I just love it so I love that you're doing it and Mm -hmm. yeah everyone go check out Sarah Sarah thank you so much for doing this with me this was really fun Yay. Thank you so much. I can't wait. Definitely. We got to do a crossover episode. That'd be so sick. Yeah. Check us out on the Charles podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. Be sure to follow if you don't want to miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, leave a review and a rating. And if you want to email over any special guests or topic suggestions, email hello at moonbodysoul.com. Thank you.